Welcome. You're listening to a sermon podcast from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. This comes from Luke chapter 4. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13. If you want to turn to it, if you have a Bible with you, if you look on the link on, your, uh, on the app, you can get right to it. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It it is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, historically, this passage is one of the biblical foundations for the 46-day season of Lent that begins today, on Ash Wednesday. Another passage that is traditionally and historically used to provide the basis for Lent is the Israelites wandering in the desert after they came out of Egypt for 40 years. And so we have 40 years of the Israelites in the desert. We have 40 days of Jesus in the wilderness as a foundation for this season of Lent that begins today. And I have been looking forward to this Lenten season for a while now, and the fact I've been looking forward to it has, at least to me, seemed a bit strange. Let me try to explain. Lent, as I said, is the six-week, roughly 46-day period before Easter where, for centuries, Christians have fasted and prayed and repented and lamented and confessed their sins and sought to be authentic and honest before God in preparation for the celebration of the resurrection and the subsequent season, traditionally known as Eastertide, that begins on Easter and extends to Pentecost. So Lent is traditionally a season of deprivation, of choosing to go without, as a way to make room in our lives to experience Jesus more deeply. Now, what seems odd to me about the fact that I've been looking forward to this Lenten season of deprivation is that because of COVID, as you well know, the world has had an entire year of deprivation. We've been restricted, prohibited, limited, and protocoled into submission. I mean, who among us is not over it already, done with it, and ready for something that looks or seems like normal to return. But these COVID deprivations, as we all know, have been imposed on us in a manner of speaking. We've been, if you will, forced to isolate, forced 
to wear masks, forced to socially distance and stay home and so on. Now, I may be speaking merely, purely autobiographically here. You may not identify or relate to this, but for much of this year of COVID, while I have mostly tried to comply with these deprivations, I have certainly not embraced them. And while I have mostly adhered to the deprivations or tried to, I have certainly not enjoyed them. I felt impinged by these deprivations, not empowered by them. I've often been looking beyond COVID. I was thinking about this the other day, how I have often looked past the present moment, past COVID, with this kind of longing for normal to return rather than entering into the deprivations that have, been come, that have come on this last year. So forced deprivation, like we have had, it seems to me, is quite different than chosen deprivation. And Lent is about choosing deprivation to make more room for Jesus in our everyday lives. And so I am looking forward to this season of Lent because my will, the thing that chooses within me, my physical body, my mind, my thoughts, my feelings, my attitude in relationships, my soul, need the presence and power of Jesus, and I feel that on the front edge of this Lenten season. I need the deprivation of Lent to make room for God and to invite His Spirit to sharpen and shape me in these areas I just mentioned, in my will, in my body, in my mind, in my soul, and so on. So I'm really looking forward to the next couple of months as a church family. For one, it looks like we can be together in this modified way for our worship gatherings. For two, while this has been a difficult year, God continues to make new wine in our midst. And it has been really fun to watch and to see and to notice the ways in which God's Spirit has continued to move among us and stir up good things and make new wine. And I'm really excited, as I think about that, about what he's gonna do in our midst through Lent and through this Eastertide season. And for three, I love the vision depicted by this phrase, a radiant life. And you're gonna hear that phrase a lot over the next couple of months. It is the title of this series that we begin tonight that will go through Eastertide, and it is the hope of this series. A radiant life individually, in my life, in my relationships, and together as a church family and as a body. A life pulsating with the power and the presence of the living Jesus. A life manifesting his shalom and his goodness to each other and to the world. A life of authentic and penetrating transformation of our whole selves, our thoughts, our feelings, our bodies, our wills, our relationships, growing in Christ's likeness in these different circles of the self, a life that is increasingly flowing with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, love, and forgiveness. I mean, who doesn't want this? Who would get a glimpse of this and say, I'm not interested in that. I'd rather be bitter. I'd rather be mad. I'd rather be traumatized and broken down and have all these narratives in my head that tell me what I'm not. I don't want this kind of radiant life. I'll take this discouraging life. Who doesn't want a life permeated 
with genuine, God-bathed, down-to-the-soul goodness. That's where we're heading the next couple of months. But we aren't going to get there unless we choose to go there. And so tonight, on Ash Wednesday, I'm simply inviting all of us to choose to go there. So I'd like you to think of your life right now. I'd like to think of your character in the details of your life. I'd like you to think of thought patterns you have, neurological pathways that your thoughts go to without even trying, feelings that you have. I'd like you to think about your physical body. I'd like you to think about relationships that matter to you. And imagine what it would be like in just one aspect of who you are for the radiance of Jesus to shimmer and shine in and through you and in and through the whole of you, just a little bit more. That's where we're going, but you have to choose to go there. So that's really what tonight is about, choosing to go there, choosing to enter into this. As part of this series for the next couple months, we're going to have a whole bunch of practices, not an overwhelming number, but a bunch of practices that we want to encourage you to engage in that we do together as a church family. Daily, some daily, some weekly. Uh, there's nothing magical about these practices, but these practices will sharpen and shape us in ways we won't even realize. Because God's Spirit does His hidden and interior work on us as we cooperate with his power by putting forth effort. So these practices are currently in the Oak Hills app. And I would again urge you, if you don't have the app, get the app. There's a thing called Lenten Opportunities uh, that you can click on and you can see these various practices. There are things like a devotional that we're uh, linking to from Biola University. There's a daily devotional you can read and you can listen to and you can watch every day during the season of Lent. There's a psalm. We've chosen Psalm 34 to soak in that single psalm throughout this season of Lent. There's a prayer to pray every day and many times during the day, if, if we think of it, to, to pray during this time of Lent. There's a passage in there. Believe it or not, we're going to encourage everybody to memorize, not by sitting over it like there's going to be a test at the end of this, but by simply reading it it's about 17 verses from Colossians 3, just reading it on a regular basis. You don't even have to try to memorize it. If we do this frequently throughout this season of Lent and into Eastertide, we'll memorize it without even trying to, soaking in it. We're encouraging people to fast from food, and there's various expressions and descriptions of that that you can, you can read about in the app or on the website. These are practices we can do together and journey together so that we can experience this radiant life and grow in it, but we have to choose to go there. We have to choose, in other words, the deprivation of Lent. Or in the language of our scripture reading, what we're talking about is choosing to enter into the wilderness. So verse one of the scripture reading from Luke chapter four says, Jesus left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hear the language in that. He left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. At the end of Luke chapter 3, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. And right after he emerges from the water, we're told the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you are my son 
whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Every summer for the last thousand years, minus last summer, Oak Hills has had a baptism down at the river. We've had a barbecue, big celebration, kids are playing in the water, people are hanging out, and friends and family eventually gather at the water's edge to watch those they love be baptized. And I have watched hundreds of people, literally, pop up out of the water of their baptism, and they're ecstatic, they're overjoyed. Let's face it, they're also in shock because the water's so cold. That look on people's face is imprinted in my mind. It's like either God is real or this water is really cold or both. But it's a joyous celebration where people sense and they feel the presence of God and his goodness in their lives. I've said this many times on Sundays after the baptism, that the baptism is one of my favorite experiences that we have as a church. Well, Jesus had something like that occur when he was in the Jordan River at his baptism. God's presence, we're told, was there with him. And God spoke these incredible words of affirmation to him. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, this is before he launches into his public ministry. Can you think of anything more sustaining, more life-giving, more empowering than for the father to speak to the son and say, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So the Jordan is a powerful experience full of joy and celebration and goodness in the presence of God. And we need these Jordan experiences. They are good. But then, as our scripture reading begins, next chapter, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The Spirit led Jesus away from the blessing of the Jordan and into the blessing of the wilderness. This place of chosen deprivation, less distractions, less props to lean on, less, if you will, soul medication to use, less chaos, less noise, less comfort, stripped of these things, again, to make room for God. So Lent is about the Spirit leading us into the wilderness for an intentional season with God, to be stripped of the things we trust more than Him, to be stripped of the noise that keeps us distracted from Him. And especially this Lenten season, we want to enter the wilderness to discover the radiant life He offers you, and He offers me. And he offers us. In this series, we're going to talk about what radiance looks like in our wills, in our bodies, in our minds, in our feelings, and in our relationships. If you want to think of it this way, the, Lent, <clears throat> the Lenten season, we're going to talk about things to put off in the language of the New Testament. And during Eastertide, we're going to talk about the things to put on. Edna Hong wrote these words, the reason Lent is so long is that this path to the truth of oneself is long and snagged with thorns. And at the very end, one stands alone before the broken body crowned with thorns upon the cross, all alone with not one illusion or self-delusion to prop one up. This is the pathway to the radiant life Jesus offers us in his kingdom, and it begins by welcoming the wilderness and entering into it. 
The Spirit led Jesus away from the Jordan and into the wilderness, and we're told he fasted during his time in the wilderness. This is one kind of chosen deprivation, focused on the physical body and its many cravings. Our bodies, you see, and how we see them, how you think of your body, how we treat our bodies, are a crucial aspect of our life with Jesus. And yet we so often compartmentalize this into our spiritual life. And we end up separating our spiritual life from the rest of our lives. And a big part of what we're going to do over the next couple of months is try to discover or rediscover our holistic selves, the whole of what it means to be human and to walk with God in the totality of our humanness. For example, take our emotional self, the feelings we have when this or that happens, the anger perhaps that arises when this or that happens, or the fear, that feeling of fear that paralyzes us in whatever way. Our feelings are crucial to our life with God, so much so that some have said, and I agree with this, that we can't be emotionally unhealthy and ever hoped ever hope to be spiritually healthy. Think about that. We can't be emotionally unhealthy and ever hope to be spiritually healthy. See, these things are integrated, and we want to get into this over the next couple of months. Now, not surprisingly, once Jesus was out in the wilderness without props, intentional in his relationship with his father, Luke says the diabolical one came and tempted him. So get this. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be with God, and in that purposeful and focused time with God, the devil came and tempted him. Such wisdom for us to ponder on the front edge of Lent as we enter into the wilderness of this season. Wilderness deprivation is not a contest. It's not a performance to prove to God we really mean it. It's not a test of our spiritual maturity. Rather, Wilderness deprivation is a choice to make more room for God in our lives and purposely orient our whole selves around him and seek him with greater intentionality. And when we choose to be purposeful in this way, we can expect, I would dare say, we can guarantee that the, di the diabolical one will intervene and tempt and allure and entice us to exit the wilderness and choose satisfaction and safety over deprivation and change. See, the wilderness is a wild place. It's a place where things get stripped away, not merely for the sake of stripping away the old, important as that is, but for the sake of making room for the new. So the wilderness can be a hard place. The wilderness can be challenging because getting stripped is not always pleasant. And the temptation is great to flee. And I got to tell you, I'm digging at this a little harder than normal because I have a lot of conviction about where we're heading over the next couple months. And this idea of will we go there? Will I go there? Will we put ourselves into it? Will we enter into the wilderness where the cold wind blows and the pillow is a rock? And there's not all the comforts will we enter into that to be stripped so that Jesus' radiant life can grow in us. So another example that gets at this, think of our thought life. 
In particular, think of the controlling narratives that we have in our heads. We all have them. The stories we think are true that keep playing in our minds, but they aren't true. The neurological paths, we might say, that have been cut in our thought life through use and overuse and wear and tear so that now our thoughts go there without us having to try. Things like you're not good enough. Things like you're getting older and you're not as beautiful as you were before. Things like eventually people are going to discover the truth about you and they're going to find out that you're actually not worthy and they're going to abandon you. Things like you are what others say you are and a million other entrenched thoughts. You know what happens a lot of the times? Is that people become followers of Jesus and they, as it were, put a Christian blanket over all of this kind of stuff and think that somehow that Christian blanket is a heat blanket and it's going to evaporate all of these untruths. And you know, and I know, it doesn't happen. And so what ends up happening is people profess loyalty to Jesus, but he's not gotten into the stories that they tell themselves that aren't true. So how does a person who's trapped in these narratives experience any kind of authentic freedom and joy in Christ unless those narratives are open to the Spirit and he gets in there and rewrites those things and reroutes those thought paths? And the answer is, they don't. So life with God devolves into, again, a spiritual life. Whatever in the world that means. But it doesn't have much to do with life right now. Right here and right now. And I just want to say, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So before the rains came, and the lake was drying out, and it got down to like, there was just barren land that was exposed. I don't know if you drove over the, the dam and saw that, but <clears throat> I used to take Gus over there uh, on a regular basis, and sometimes I'd take him by myself, and we would walk down uh, out where, you know, in a couple months it'll be, be several feet underwater. But you could literally walk way far out where the water used to be. These mounds were exposed, there were all these rocks everywhere, and it was like being on the moon. There were times I got out there, there was nobody around except Gus and I, and it was like being on the moon. I would have these things going off in my head when I was a kid, and this came back to me when I was at the lake. When I was a kid, I'd get out in a barren spot like that. For those of you that are, remember the Planet of the Apes movies, I used to get out there and I'd think to myself, you know what, what if the Planet of the Apes came up over that mound right there? And I was out there with Gus and I'm going, what if they came up over that mound? What would I do? And I'm going, you're 57 years old, stop thinking like that. <laughs> but you get out there in that wilderness, the wind's blowing, there's nobody there, it's cold. It's muddy. There's actually waves just washing up. There's a barrenness to it. It's a wilderness of sorts, and there's something good about it. There's something needed about it. There's something real being in that space. Props are knocked out. Comforts are pushed aside. Addictions are set aside. Attachments are pride loose and it's just this kind of empty, raw, wilderness space and there's something moving about it 
and there's potentially something transformative about it. So I hope you'll choose to go there as we enter into this, this Lenten season. Would you pray with me, please? And I want to invite you at home or here, probably a little easier here than at home, but I want to invite you to just be thinking of our Lord and our Savior popping up out of the water of the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit descending on him, and a voice of affirmation speaking to him. You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. And then the Spirit of God led him away from Jordan, and the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. And I'd like you to think about as it relates to you. Maybe it is an entrenched thought. Maybe it is a way you think about your physical body. Maybe it is a way that you, uh, some emotion gobbles you up, paralyzes you, destroys others. Maybe it's a relationship that just seems like it just continues to chop along year after year while both of you profess loyalty to Jesus. Maybe there's some deep-seated choice you continue to make. Your will is bent in a particular direction. And maybe in some of these things you've stepped back and thought, I guess this is it. I just want to ask you, what would it look like sometime in mid-May, around Pentecost, to be celebrating an unexpected radiance in that particular area of your life. A newness, a fresh breeze of transformation to have swept through you during this time of wilderness. And God, by the power of his spirit at work in your willing heart, brought forth something new, something good, something radiant. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for the hope that we have in you individually and as a church, that you desire shalom and goodness and transformation and holiness and sanctification and righteousness in our innermost being, and we simply cannot do that on our own. And so we invite you to take us where we need to go, to bring us down into the depths of who we are, to unmask us and stun us with your grace in the process. I pray tonight and recognize that I have these regions within me that need a fresh touch from you. Never to settle for that's just how I am. Wanting to be on the frontier of your spirit's work, wanting to know where you're calling into the deeper places. I know there are people who feel these things deep in their souls, stuck, hopeless.
and it all sounds good, but for some people, the idea of a different story, a different narrative, a different way to process feelings, a different way to think of their body, just seems unattainable. So we come to you on this Ash Wednesday in the brokenness of our sin, in the brokenness of this sinful world, as proof positive that the world is under a curse and so are we. And we confess the myriad of ways we spin around and sprint away from you to avoid good work you want to do in us. It's in our nature. Take us to new places. Unlock doors we don't even know are there. And bring deep transformation and healing that we might be radiant people who manifest the shalom of King Jesus to one another and to this world. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.